This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy, O'Driscoll through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Well, hello and welcome to the left wing. The Ireland team to play Italy in the Six Nations on Sunday has been named. Keen Tracy and Dave Kelly are here to go over the main talking points. Keen Joey Carberry starts an Ireland debut from Mike Lowry at full back. What are your immediate impressions of that team selection? Uh, excited, Sinead. Um, I think it's great to see a few of the more inexperienced players getting their chance for a game like Italy. I suppose it was something that we discussed at great length during the week in the podcast with Luke. Um, and I made the point that if you saw Johnny Sexton fulfilling his captain media duties on Wednesday, that it was probably an indication that he was going to play. So it was a bit of a curveball um, by Andy Farrell, which was interesting for, for the week that was in it. But I definitely think it's it's the right call to, to back Joey Carberry, uh, his first time starting back-to-back Six Nations games in his career. I think he deserved it after how well he did in Paris and this is a very different type of game, and I think it's a, a game that we really need to see him putting his his stamp on it. Um, you'd imagine that you look at the pack that that Ireland have picked; like they should have far too much power um, at the set piece around the breakdown. So you would hope that Joey Carberry has a good platform to play off, and I think it's a really good opportunity for him to to show what he can bring to the the attacking the attacking side of things. Because I think the the system that Ireland are playing now. Um, really suits the way Joey Carberry wants to play as well. And we probably didn't get to see a lot of that in Paris for for obvious reasons, which actually the three of us would have discussed um, in the immediate aftermath of the game, just the job that that France did around the breakdown. Um, Really excited to see how Michael Lowry goes. Um, Just looking there, it's the first time since Hugo Hugo Keenan hasn't been involved since he scored two tries in his debut in October 2020. That's 18 starts in a row he had racked up. And I don't think it's a a reflection of Hugo Keenan at all. I think it's more so rewarding Michael Lowry, who is, look, he's been one of Irish rugby's foreign players this season. He more than merits his chance. I think I would still fully expect Hugo Keenan to come back in for Twickenham in two weeks. But Michael Lowry is there on merit. And he offers something a little bit different as well. You know, he's very comfortable as that second playmaker. So, um, yeah, excited, Sinead, I think is the word I'd use to, to describe the team selection. Yeah, it definitely is exciting. Dave, what will starting back-to-back Six Nations games for the first time for Joey, what will that do for his progression? I, th- I think the, the important thing is, is, is the 
imperceptible breaking of the psychological reliance on on Johnny Sexton uh, as as captain and as the on-field leader. Um, not always a democratic leader, you know. He reflected Joe Schmidt's uh, off-field authorship possibly too much, and the reliance beca became. Uh, less and less valuable because the reliance on him became too much of a burden for him and was not shared amongst others. So I think an allied perhaps to something we might mention later, later Conor Murray's absence from the squad, you know, this is a, this game is a contest is worthless because Ireland will win easily uh, as most teams do in the last 34 have done against Italy. Um, but I think it marks an important, another important stage in Andy Farrell's development building on from November in that there is now, not that it was previously, you know, a di dictatorship, but there is now a real emphasis on democracy within the squad, that there are team leaders and team decision makers everywhere from 1 to 15. And I think in terms of both Jonathan Sexton, who has had to be told this week, Sorry, buddy, you're not on my team. I don't need you. You're not needed, which is, is, is a big conversation to have with a guy who wants to be needed all the time and has less and less days to be needed. And for him then to say to Joey Carberry, I need you. Your team needs you. Um, I think that's, that's really important for the development of the squad. Um, and doing so in, in, you know, I mean, it's... it's, it's it, Peter Mahoney is in as captain, 81 caps. But it, it, other than that, and, and you've got Ty Furlong's experience there, and Robbie Henshaw obviously coming in with Gary, that fulcrum in, in, in midfield, it's, it's a relatively callow team. And, you know, with Quaylen Doris as one of that, with those lieutenants at number eight, he's relatively inexperienced uh, because number eight is a very important position, although against Italy, perhaps less so. And, you know, Carby Gibson Park as a 9-10, their leaders, they are generals that's untested but I, I just think it's very exciting that um Andy has, has decided to do this and it also confirms his faith in the system now whereby it's not reliant on one person and that they can all play a similar style and that's where you want to get to in a world cup and if one player drops out as important as he may be it should be relatively seamless for someone to step in and the juggernaut keeps going yeah, Dave mentioned tough conversations there, Keen. I'm sure it was a very tough conversation as well that Andy Farrell had to have with Jack Carty. He only gets a few minutes in the last few minutes of the, the game at the Stade de France and doesn't feature at all here on the bench. Is that a tough call on him? It is, but I, I can understand the logic as well. I mean, I presume Andy Farrell wants to get her at 60 minutes out of Joey Carberry, but have the bonus point well in the bag by that stage and just give Johnny Sexton 20 minutes. Now, I know that you could make a justifiable argument that why does he need 20 minutes ahead of Twickenham but it would be a long time to go without a game considering he missed Paris as well so that's the that's the thinking there and you know I suppose we can't always have it every way like I mean as much as we want to see Jack Carty I think it's it's just worth keeping the focus on on the fact that Joey Carberry is getting to start because it would have been so easy for Andy Farrell to throw um, Johnny Sexton back in particularly because the Six Nations could come down to points difference. And if we're being realistic about it, Ireland have a better chance of putting a better, a bigger score up on Italy with Johnny Sexton as, as 10. I think Dave makes a couple of good points there. Um, I think it's probably a reflection of Johnny Sexton's maturity as well, because I know the team wouldn't have been picked um, 
on Wednesday when he was doing his media duties, but I find it very hard to believe that he wouldn't have known he wasn't going to be playing at that point. Um, I don't think Andy Farrell would have, you know, said, oh, speak to the press there. And if that was the case, which I would presume it is, I think Johnny Sexton certainly didn't, you know, there was no toys being thrown out of the pram that he was going to be on the bench. Like he certainly, his poker face was certainly, um, was very good. And like Dave says, this system that Andy Farrell and Mike Cat have developed is not reliant on one player anymore and that is exactly where you want to be and maybe this is a reflection as well of Ireland moving in, in that direction too it's actually something that uh, Brian O'Driscoll spoke to did, was doing a, a media gig this week and we have a piece in the paper and up online it's actually worth interest in reading because he makes the point that um and he made it several times actually throughout the, the interview that he doesn't think Johnny Sexton is going to go to New Zealand uh, this summer, which would be very, very interesting. Um, but he was sort of touching on the point as well that as sort of driven and determined as Johnny Sexton is, like at this stage of his career at 36, he will have an understanding of the bigger picture as well. Um, and that would certainly be my sense of it from having been in the press conference with him this week. And if that's the case, then it's, it's a great place to be because I'm no doubt that he's thinking, okay, if Joey Carberry shoots the light out this weekend, then that selection headache for Twickenham in two weeks is probably going to be a little bit tougher than it would have been. I still think Johnny Sexton, if he's fit, will be a guaranteed starter uh, against England. But it's a nice, it's a nice position to be in for Andy Farrell, I think. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk to me about that back three. I mean, obviously, there's some disappointed by some fans that Robert Balakoon uh, didn't get that starting spot. But Matt Hansen on the right, James Lowe on the left and Lowry at full back. I mean, we know we need to rack up a good score here, but that is an exciting back three, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it promises excitement. I mean, what, what, what Andy will want to see, he doesn't want to see anarchy. I mean, we all want to see anarchy, and there's potential for wonderful anarchy amongst uh, <laughs> that, that trio. But in fairness, Michael Larry, I mean, he, he's not an overnight success in terms of, uh, Keane alluded to uh, Hugo there. I mean, I, I saw Michael Larry's debut um, fairly unexpected because of a lot of injuries, but it was against a good Leicester team um, up in um, Belfast, which they got through, and then there was the game the following week in Paris when uh, Simon Zebo tried to school him. Um, but you know he's had a he's had about four years now, you know, on that beat uh, and playing in a in a team who are very expansive as well. And um, you you know he has an authority, and he has like this team needs that ability to play as as a as a, as a second receiver as well. Because he, you know, he likes playing ten. Um, I think James coming straight back in, possibly instead of maybe Robert Balakun. I, I think Robert Balakun does brilliant work, but does a lot of it in in the two channels. He doesn't really get involved as much as Andy Farrell likes his wingers to get involved. Um, James does does that wonderfully well, as we've seen in the uh, in his short career so far, especially the this new renaissance. Um, Mark Hansen, Andrew Conway, we haven't heard about an injury, but um, I thought Mark Hansen might have been under a little bit of threat purely um, because I just, despite that wonderful try in Paris, uh, he, he was a, a little bit underwhelming compared to Wales. He just didn't get involved that much. He had one crucial involvement and he, uh, in the second half on the ball came inside but didn't really get involved as much as against Wales and he had one superb tackle only second um, half though Dave I suppose as well yeah no it's wonderful but that's the standards that we're, mm. we're judging these people on at this stage but no listen it's a, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible back three and, and the betting for first choice four will be 
um, fiercely, fiercely competitive. And, um, you know, it's just exciting because I say like Ireland, Italy is, is not, there's no jeopardy involved here, but this is a kind of a different jeopardy. It's a tingling kind of sense of anticipation of what this team can do on a day that looks like it's going to be like today. So there's going to be ball being played here. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. To looking I, at that back three. I, I, I think it'll be very interesting to see how that back three actually function as a unit. I, I was surprised, like Sinead, when we spoke earlier in the week, like, I mean, the team that I had picked had M- Michael Lowry, Robert Balakoon and James Lowe in it. But I really didn't think that Andy Farrell would go for a completely new back three. I thought he'd want a bit of stability. Um, He's rolled the dice here, hasn't he, Keen? Yeah, he has. He has. And I think that's really exciting as well. And, you know, we we saw in November how James Lowe almost had like a free role on the left wing because I've said this a couple of times on the podcast. Andy Farrell has said that he doesn't want his wingers to be tidy. And Dave, I think, hit the nail on the head about Robert Balakoon and like it's a, it's really disappointing actually that he's fallen so down the pecking order because I think he's a guy that come the World Cup could be a real X factor difference maker for this Ireland team. But clearly the coaches aren't seeing enough from him in terms of being maybe he is a little bit too tidy for Andy Farrell's liking. So that's a big thing that he's going to have to to work on to get his way into the team. So I think it'll be interesting because. We've seen, like I said, that left wing role almost been redefined. So like James Lowe fits back in there perfectly. And the reason Mac Hansen had been picked there was because he does it so well as well. So I'm intrigued to see if Mac Hansen on the right wing is going to play a similar way, because I think Andrew Conway is a little bit more disciplined when he plays like he as, as good as he is. And my understanding is that he did have a knock this week, I know there was no mention in the IRFU press release. They only mentioned that James Ryan was injured, but I don't think um, Andrew Conway trained yesterday, so that could have had an impact in selection. So I'm intrigued to see how two wingers who like to come in off their wing and look to get on the ball and look for work, how that actually functions in this uh, really exciting attacking system. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Now, you also write earlier this week as well, Keen. you kind of brought up about the idea of uh, maybe Keenan Doris moving to eight and just a bit of concern about Jack Conan's form. Now, uh, James Ryan isn't in the team. There are reports that he picked up a knock. So Peter Mahoney comes in. He captains the team from six, Fender Fleers at seven, and uh, Jack Conan uh, drops to the bench, Keen. So as you said, you know, you said earlier this week, you wanted to see Doris at eight anyway. Yeah, the, the RFU said that uh, James Ryan is out with an adductor issue. So even it'd be interesting to see did that force Peter O'Mahony kind of into the team because if he's not in the team like I'm not sure was there an obvious was was there an obvious captain so you'd love to have been in Andy Farrell's head to know like I said at the start did injuries actually kind of force his hand here so um yeah I'm intrigued like I I think that Caelan Doris has the potential to be the the best number eight in the country I think him playing six is just a stopgap because Jack Conan has been playing so well I'm actually a little bit surprised to see Jack Conan on the bench if I'm if I'm being honest obviously we'll have to wait and see what Andy Farrell says but if if Gavin Coombs is fit and you know had been training all week I'm stunned that should that he have it, been on the bench yeah yeah like I've been on the bench Exactly. I'm not sure we're not going to learn anything about Jack Conan coming off the bench for the last 20 minutes, whereas I think this could have been an ideal opportunity for someone like Gavin Coombs or Nick Timoney as well, who's playing really well. So we'll have to wait and see was there was there injuries uh, there. But I think Doris gives you a, a little bit of a different uh, a point of difference um, at number eight when himself and Jack Conan play together. They actually kind of swap in and out of playing blindside and number eight they do the same for Leinster because they're both so comfortable doing it so um 
he can do the physical stuff. Um, like we saw the, the try he scored against the All Blacks in November, but he's got a subtlety at the line as well. So I think he could cause big damage for this Italy pack uh, this weekend. And look, Peter O'Mahony adds huge experience. And like I said earlier in the week, Josh van der Fleer is pretty much uh, undroppable, really, isn't he? Dave, yeah. What about that bench? Obviously, Kieran Treadwell, James Hume, Hume on it there as well, and Craig Casey. So no Conor Murray in the matchday squad. No, and I mean, if, if if we're again framing this in in terms of of you know another stage in Andy Farrell's development of this team, I mean, I don't think any of the RFU Blazers would have picked this team, um, which is probably just as well. Um, they would have been picking a team for um, accountancy reasons purely. Um, whereas, you know, if, if, if we believe there's a bit of a, a couple of million between places in the Six Nations, I mean, you could say it's a, a two million euro gamble because, um, you know, if things went pear-shaped and the unthinkable happened, um, Andy Farrell would get it in the neck. Now, that will not happen. Um, in terms of the bench, I mean, the, the difficulty he has building the squad, which is... How far is he along the way? I mean, is he 70, 80%? I mean, there's, there's issues at um, 10, which have still to be confirmed that they have been resolved. Even Joey Carberry is, is making that run. Um, we have to confirm how the front row is going to look in terms of tight head, loose head, backups. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Michael Larry in terms of a 15 backup. So there are issues. He's about 70% there. But in terms of the squad depth, I mean, the bench was pretty poor finishing off um, against Wales, uh, a poor Welsh side. Um, impact was better the last time. So I think that's what he's kind of looking for, because, again, this is a game where you kind of have to start off doing the boring stuff well to make sure it's not a gamble. Three, six, nine, when you're lineouts, when you're scrums, win the contacts and um, then bring on the bench to make sure there's not a, uh, a sloppy last 20 minutes where a seven-point concession can cost you the title or can cost you two million quid. So let's Dave, just overall to wrap. Uh, sorry, King, go on. Sorry, yeah, just quickly, Sinead, just on that, I think if you look at that bench, the, the forward replacement, apart from Jack Conan, um, I don't know, I, I still think there's issues there that if, I know it's only Italy this weekend and there could be one or two more players brought in, but I think if this is a World Cup game, and against decent opposition and you have that bench like in the forwards I'm talking about I'm just not sure there's there's enough there and I think that that is a big big issue for for Ireland going forward I just think they're short in in a couple of positions um and just for like we finished as well it's worth mentioning that Dan Sheehan is making his first Mm -hmm. first start and Ryan Baird is coming in as well so they're two very, very exciting players um, who need this opportunity as well. And they're the kind of guys who, you know, you never know in the World Cup, they could be starting by the time the World Cup comes around. But if not, they'll definitely have a big role to play in the bench. And I think that's the exact type of athletic profile that Ireland needs for guys coming off the bench. Because like Dave said, we just didn't see enough impact in France, whereas these two guys are kind of built for this level. And the more experience they get, I think the better they'll be. Yeah, okay. Um, just to wrap up. So is this a team that can do damage and we want them to show a bit of ruthlessness, don't we? Before you we both, take you, England. Yeah, you, you, you can do both. I mean, you you, you have to do the you, you know the boring stuff. You have to put on your on your shoes before before you go for a job. So I mean they have to do the um gritty beating them up, uh, ugly stuff first. Bang over three, six, nine, twelve, and I don't try in a conversion. You're 19 up at half time. That's halfway towards the handicap, and you, you know you're looking good for your bonus, and then you pile on the points. 
Um, but you know, ruthless as a performance. I mean, a key, a key thing. It's a boring thing, but the breakdown wasn't all about physicality in, in France. There was technical uh, issues there, poor body height, poor numbers. Um, that all has to be just sorted out and just done very, very simply and clinically because the last two weekends will decide the championship. Um, and yeah, play some ball and have some fun. The sun is going to be shining. Uh, the Viva crowd were drinking too many pints and looking at their phones uh, against Wales. It was a poor atmosphere compared to Paris, which was throbbing uh, a country falling in love with their team. Um, you know, this country kind of falls in and out of love with their team and gets a bit distracted. Uh, but hopefully they'll be... Uh, roaring and singing at the weekend because this team can do a lot of damage oh a team having fun keen that's what we want to see don't we yeah and i think when like genuinely when you look at this team there's a lot of players who are fun to watch so yeah i would expect ireland to fill their boots here um with a big score just looking the the handicap is into 39 points so maybe johnny sexton being on the bench has moved it slightly um no I'm only joking, Joey Carberry is more than capable of getting it up past the 40 mark. But yeah, like I'm excited. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, I hope that Andy Farrell has given the, like certain players who are getting their chance the message that, you know, like show me what you can do ahead of the England game in two weeks. I really hope that the team hasn't already been picked for, for that England game because you want to see one or two of these guys, you know, putting their hand up and forcing the issue. Like I said, Joey Carberry shooting the lights out and just making that little, that selection call a little bit tougher than what it is. And like Dave says, the weather's supposed to be good. Like a Sunday afternoon, like Italy low on confidence. Um, it's an ideal time to, to get, like I said, to score a hat full of tries and to build confidence uh, going into what will be a much, much tougher trip to Twickenham in, in two weeks. Oh, we look forward to it. Well, that's it from us on the left wing. Keen, Dave and myself will be back on Sunday with the left wing live at the Viva Stadium to review Ireland's game against Italy. Thanks for listening.